0: Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 98 of The Weekly List podcast, which accompanies week 181 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended May 2nd, 2020. Welcome! This week... With his approval dropping and Republicans now alarmed not only about losing the presidential election, but the Senate in 2020, Trump under pressure shifted away from holding the daily, quote unquote, task force <laughs> briefings, which had basically degraded into campaign rallies. Instead, he and his regime this week sought to portray a shift that there was a great economic recovery underway and the worst of the pandemic was behind us. Some startling words from Jared Kushner on Fox & Friends saying that their response was a great success story, as this week we went from 52,000 deaths past the Vietnam War and ended this week with more than 65,000 Americans dead in a period of six weeks. While Trump tried to shift the narrative, again, the death toll continues to climb. And this week, Trump continued to agitate for states to reopen, even though by his own measures that his federal team had put together, they had not met the two-week guideline they were supposed to meet to open. This week, strategically, Trump, which we've covered in past weeks, had been talking about starting to blame China. Uh, amplified that more and seems to be going down that road. And it very well might be in part China's fault, but Trump knew about it. And based on reporting that we've talked about on this podcast in late 2019, and we're going to talk about more reporting this week that he was told again, in January and February repeatedly. And yet he did nothing, uh, in January, he took one act, which as we've covered in the past weeks, was supposedly sending down travel to China, but it only in part did the job. Still 40,000 people from China came back, but never did anything to address traffic coming from other parts of the world, uh, where now we had learned that the infections that were coming and silently spreading in New York City and New York State had come from Europe. Nothing was done. Nothing was done the entire month of February. So what's happening now and we're getting used to this, and the gaslighting is exhausted, is Trump's efforts to rewrite history and cast blame on another target. Uh, This week, we'll be starting with China. But again, it's as you're going to see, he's all over the place. There was a lot of concern as we opened this week with Trump's mental health. Um, Again, we covered some of the tweets that he sends, uh, you know, in the weekly list that are noteworthy, just to give you a sense of his mood, and the way he's acting and his targets, but there was a real sense, and this has been over several weekends in a row now, that he is losing himself um, and is not mentally competent to be leading this. Certainly our failure on the world stage and our failure uh, with Americans dying by the thousands each day points to that. So we're going to start off the week, which was slightly shorter than last week, our longest week, in part because Trump stopped doing these daily briefings, thankfully, which he had done everything at these from suggesting that people take hydroxyquin to use disinfectant. And we're going to cover more stories about that this week. So let's get going. On Saturday, The Washington Post reported on a new 57 page Republican strategy memo She advises Senate candidates to blame China for the coronavirus, but avoid discussing Trump's handling of the crisis. The memo adds, quote, don't defend Trump other than the China travel ban and to portray Joe Biden as soft on China and Democrats as, quote, more obsessed with being politically correct than standing up to China. On Saturday, the World Health Organization, Said so there is, quote, currently no evidence that people who have recovered from COVID-19 are immune from catching it again. The United Nations issued a similar statement. So again, we know very little about this virus. It's, uh, again, as Trump is agitating for people to go back to work, we learn each week how little we know. On Saturday, The Washington Post reported coronavirus outbreaks at three major meat pro- producers, Tyson's Foods, JBS USA and Smithfield Foods have forced at least 15 plants around the country to shutter after turning into hotspots. Industry experts and production said production was already down at least 25 percent. Coronavirus outbreaks at more than 30 plants run by the three companies have sickened at least 3,300 workers and already had caused 17 deaths. Workers say the company's policies contributed to the spread, employees were encouraged to come to work even when sick, were not given face masks or PPE and did not follow social distancing. On Saturday, the Washington Post sued the State Department after the agency denied the Post's expedited Freedom of Information Act request to see diplomatic cables warning of inadequate safety at a a coronavirus research lab in Wuhan in 2018. The cables were sent to the State Department by diplomats at the U.S. Embassy in Beijing after scientists warned that the lab's study of the bat coronaviruses and the potential for human transmission. On Saturday, the New York Times reported after Trump first touted hydroxychloroquine at a press briefing on March 19th, first-time prescriptions poured in at 46 times the average rate, even as medical experts stepped up warnings about dangerous side effects. In the second week of April, prescriptions were still more than six times the normal rate as Trump continued to push the drug at briefings. In the past month, 40 states have issued some sort of directive related to the drug. Idaho issued a directive on the first day saying prescriptions can only be written for conditions the drug has been proved to treat. On Saturday, The Washington Post reported the White House tried to move CNN reporter Caitlin Collins Move her seat to the back of the briefing room to humiliate her. Seats are under the jurisdiction of the White House Correspondents Association. On Saturday, and these are some of the crazy tweets. Again, he spent Saturday and Sunday for the past several weeks. He's not a golfing. Sending crazy thoughts. Trump tweeted, quote, was just informed that the fake news from the Thursday White House press briefing had me speaking and asking a question of Dr. Deborah Burks. Wrong. Actually, in the transcript, he addressed her by Deborah. Trump added, quote, the lamestream media is corrupt and sick. And then tweeted, quote, what is the purpose of having White House news conferences when the lamestream media asks nothing but hostile questions? Well, the answer to that is you're supposed to inform people of what you're doing if you are doing something explaining why he was not doing daily briefings anymore. Trump said the media, quote, refuses to report the truth or facts accurately, even though, quote, they get record ratings, adding, quote, not worth the time and effort. Trump also tweeted, quote, remember the cure can't be worse than the problem itself. Be careful, be safe, use common sense, seeming to shrug off people who believed him and took disinfectant or called hotlines to ask. Trump tweeted, quote, I never said the pandemic was a hoax. Who would say such a thing? I said the do nothing Democrats together with their mainstream media partners are the hoax. Actually, he did call it the new hoax, the Democrats new hoax on February 28th. On Sunday, and these were two back to back articles that were stunning on Sunday. A Washington Post analysis found that since March 16th, Trump has held 35 daily briefings, and spoke for 28 hours, 60% of the total briefing time. Pence spoke for five and a half hours, Burks for six, and Fauci for two. In the past three weeks, Trump spoke for 13 hours composed of, quote, two, uh, not quote, excuse me, 13 hours composed of two hours on attacks, 45 minutes praising himself and his regime, four and a half minutes out of those 13 on expressing empathy for the more than 54,000 Americans dead. Trump promoted hydrocloxylene for twice as long for nine minutes. Nearly one quarter of prepared remarks or answers were false or misleading. Trump attacked reporters in 113 of the 346 questions he answered. Similarly, the New York Times analyzed 260,000 words Trump spoke at daily briefings since March 9th. The most recurring words were 600 self-congratulations, often predicated on exaggerations and falsehoods. Trump credited others 360 times and blamed others 110 times. As a death toll passed 55,000, he expressed empathy or appeal to the national unity only 160 times out of 260,000 words. On Sunday, business icon Barry Diller told Face the Nation that there is, quote, no chance of an economic rebound over the summer, adding, quote, unfortunately, we have a witch doctor as a president. On Sunday, GOP Senator Tom Cotton told Fox Business that Chinese students should not be able to study science at U.S. universities, saying if they come here, they should, quote, study Shakespeare and the Federalist papers, seeming to not know that Shakespeare was not American. Uh, it's hard to even know where to go with that statement. Uh, on Sunday, Burks declined to criticize Trump for his disaffected comments, asked on State of the Union if she was bothered by Trump's remarks. She said, quote, "It bothers me that this is still in the news cycle." Burks added that she quote, "made it clear to Trump that inject, injecting disinfectant was not a treatment." that his suggestion should be viewed as a, quote, kind of dialogue that happens between scientists and politicians. Well, that's fine if it happens behind closed doors. It's a little bit of a different thing when the so-called president of the United States says it on air and suggests it. On Sunday, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and uh, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan told this week that their state's emergency hotlines saw an increase in calls after Trump's disinfectant remarks. Whitmer said people listen, quote, to the person in the most powerful position on the planet, whether comments were serious or not. Hogan said Maryland's emergency hotline received hundreds of calls looking for information on disinfectant. On Sunday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told State of the Nation, on Trump's disinfectant comment. Quote, you know what they call that? They call that embalming. That's the medical term. On Sunday, Trump again took to Twitter to, grieve, to air his grievances, continuing a weekend flurry for two days while not holding press briefings. One commentator wondered if we should worry if Trump is of a sound mind. So again, up until now, he's been holding these briefings every day for weeks, including Saturday and Sunday. Trump tweeted, quote, the people that know me and know the history of our country say that I am the hardest working president in history. I I don't know who he means. Uh, and nobody is certainly saying that (laughs) Trump added, he has quote, probably gotten more done in the first three and a half years than any president in history. Again, obviously not true and said he has not quote, left the white house in many months. Again, he held many campaign rallies and went golfing. Uh, and he held campaign rallies up through early March. Trump also blasted Fox News in a series of tweets, saying they, quote, don't get what's happening. They're being fed Democrat talking points and they play with them. No respect for the people running Fox. And he went on to say they hired the debate questions to crooked Hillary, Donna Brazil, and Chris Wallace is nastier to Republicans than even to face the nation or sleepy eyes. In another series of tweets, Trump asked, quote, when will all the reporters and quotes who received Nobel prizes, N-O-B-L-E, for their work on Russia, 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 only to have been proven totally wrong, give them back. Trump added they should give, quote, their cherished nobles, again, N-O-B-L-E-S, back, quote, so that they can be given re- to real reporters and journalists. And when will the Noble, N-O-B-E-L-E committee act? The reporting was, of course, right. And Nobel Prize, which is spelled differently, spelled N-O-B-E-L, is a prize not given for journalism. That is the Pulitzer Prize, which was won by the Washington Post for their reporting on Russia. Overnight, Trump deleted these tweets. He explained his tweets, tweeting, quote, Does anyone get the meaning of what a so-called noble, misspelling the word, not noble, uh, prizes, especially as it pertains to reporters and journalists, and blamed it on, quote, sarcasm, as he did with the disinfectant. Trump also retweeted a baseless claim by a pro-Trump pundit, which read, quote, do you really think these lunatics would inflate the mortality rates by underreporting the infection rate in an attempt to steal the election? On Sunday, CNN reported White House officials are discussing plans to replace Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar following criticism of his handling of the pandemic. The decision will be up to Trump. Later Sunday, Trump tweeted that reports that Azar is going to be fired, quote, are fake news and, quote, the lamestream media knows this, but they want to create, quote, chaos and havoc, adding, quote, Alex is doing an excellent job. On Sunday, Axios reported the White House plans to shift its coronavirus messaging towards boosting the economy and highlighting, quote, success stories of business and away from health statistics. Trump will focus on a more hopeful, forward-looking message and highlight a safe reopening of the economy. Berks and Fauci will take a back seat now and Trump will have fewer and shorter daily briefings. On Sunday the CEO of Tyson Foods warned in full page ads in the New York Times, the Washington Post and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette that the food supply chain is breaking and millions of pounds of meat will disappear from the food supply. He added, quote, farmers across the nation simply will not have anywhere to go with their livestock to be processed and there will be supply of our products there will be a limited supply of our products at grocery stores unless we can reopen closed plants. On Sunday, the CDC and Occupation Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, issued guidelines for physical distancing and other measures at meat plants to keep workers safe. The guidelines were voluntary, however. On Sunday, a leader of Reopen North Carolina, who helped organize two protests in downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, said on Facebook she attested positive and described herself as asymptomatic positive patient. So again, these... Rallies, which we covered last week, were largely fueled by gun rights, far-right far people, some Trump-related people and conservatives, not the protesters themselves, are putting people in danger. On Monday, here's the other how some other countries are doing. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Dern said that the coronavirus was, quote, currently eliminated. She praised citizens for five weeks of lockdown, saying... We have done it together as opposed to Trump, which I take no responsibility over a million cases and 65,000 dead on Monday, the Wichita Eagle reported after Trump floated the idea of taking disinfectant, a Kansas man drank cleaning products over the weekend. The state health office reported more than a 40% increase in cleaning chemical cases. On Monday, the Atlantic Journal-Constitution reported two men were poisoned after drinking cleaning products over the weekend in Atlanta. Both had histories of psychiatric problems and were expected to recover. On Monday, technical glitches plagued the second tranche of the Paycheck Protection Program with users reporting error messages and slow processing as the volumes of applications overwhelmed the system. On Monday, CBS News reported flaws in the PPP meant nearly 90% of the businesses owned by minorities and women did not get funding. Almost all the funding has gone through large commercial banks to their existing clients. On Monday, ABC News reported Americans are receiving their stimulus checks, along with a signed letter from Trump touting the coronavirus response. Experts say the letter is designed to help his re-election. CNN reported so far just 90 million of 150 million eligible Americans had received their stimulus checks. Others could be waiting for months to get their money. On Monday, the Washington Post reported research by the Yale School of Public Health based on federal data showed the number of excess deaths above normal in the weeks up to April 4th far exceed the reported deaths. The reported deaths were 8,128 in that period, while excess deaths were 15,400, meaning many more were attributed to the coronavirus than what we're seeing reported. Interviews and 911 calls also suggested a spike in people dying at home. New York City revised their death toll from 2,542 to over 5,000 total, closer to Yale's estimate of 6,300, excess deaths, meaning how many deaths we had during this period versus normally how many we would expect. Washington State, up their estimate from 310 to 600. Other cities and states are dramatically under reporting, according to the study. On Monday, the New York Times reported, according to CDC and New York City Department of Health data, New York City had 20,900 more deaths than expected since the pandemic started, while the city attributed 16,673 to the coronavirus. On Monday, Politico reported the Trump campaign lashed out at the National Republican Senatorial Committee over their Don't Defend Trump memo, saying any GOP candidate who followed it should not expect help from him. In response, their executive director Kevin McLaughlin said the wording was an artful and said in a statement there's no deadline between excuse me, daylight between the NRSC and Trump, adding they will work hand in glove with him. On Monday, Trump tweeted, quote, Why should the people and taxpayers of America be barreling out our poorly run states, like Illinois, for example, and cities in all cases Democrat run and manage? Just asking. Trump echoed Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's comments last week. Democrats tried to include $150 billion in the last relief bill to help state and local governments, but it did not make it through. Uh, by the way, Cuomo continued to attack pretty effectively McConnell and Rick Scott from Florida, who was also putting out this theory about, you now why should we help the states like New York who are suffering from the pandemic, pointing out how much Florida in the case of Rick Scott and Kentucky in the case of Mitch McConnell, how much more they take from the federal government than they put back in. On Monday, global coronavirus cases topped 3 million. Italy unveiled a plan for life after lockdown. France reported a major drop in daily deaths. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson returned to work and said the peak had passed. On Monday, as the U.S. neared 1 million confirmed cases, nearly 20 states planned to partially reopen, despite none having met the federal guideline of 14 days of sustained decline in cases. On Monday, GOP Governor Kim Reynolds announced 77 of Iowa's 99 counties would reopen on May 1st, saying employees who do not return for work will be considered a, quote, voluntary quit and not be eligible for unemployment. On Monday, Trump continued his attacks, tweeting, quote, There has never been in the history of our country a more vicious or hostile lamestream media than the one right now. Trump also tweeted in all capital letters, fake news, the enemy of the people. Trump also attacked Democrats, tweeting, quote, the Democrats, they don't want to come back, and they don't want to come back. I don't I don't know exactly why he had to say that twice, but he said it twice. Adding, quote, if you look at Nancy Pelosi eating ice cream on late night television. On Monday, after a weekend of Trump airing grievances on Twitter, the White House canceled a scheduled daily briefing as political advisors have told Trump to phase them out. Advisors say the new economic focus, as a country moves beyond the worst of the health crisis, Trump will be focused on, instead, expected economic resurgence and taking credit for jobs and wealth creation. Just after 1 p.m., White House press secretary tweeted, quote, update the White House has additional testing guidance to begin reopening the company, and Trump would hold a briefing. On Monday, CNN reported the White House Corona Task Force did not have a scheduled meeting on Monday. It was expecting to begin to slowly scale back the number of meetings of our task force again, but there's been no slowdown in cases or certainly deaths. On Monday, the White House released two documents on testing. Remember all the complaints we've had that you can't reopen without testing. A overview and a blueprint in partnering with states and claiming that most of the federal government's testing groundwork is done. The documents left most responsible, responsibility for funding, designing, and executing a testing plan to states. Critics in states say they lack the coronavirus tests, testing supplies, and labs able to process test results. Again, Trump trying to abdicate any responsibility or do a damn thing other than Tweet. Even as states started to open, the lack of testing was likely to keep families, employers and institutions from resuming business as usual. Health officials warned the need will remain into the fall and winter. On Monday, ABC News reported on his call with governors, Trump encouraged them to, quote, seriously consider reopening schools, citing, quote, young children have done very well in this disaster. This is like the most non, one of the many nonsensical things Republicans are saying. Who is teaching the kids. Uh, and then when they go home, who are they going home to? It's, it's just like they it's like one dimensional checkers. Uh, and of course there are kids getting sick and gravely ill. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. The thought process on Monday, a Sienna poll of New Yorkers found Cuomo's approval on the pandemic stood at 84% higher than Trump's 34%. Even among Republicans, Cuomo beat Trump with 74% approving of his job and 72% of Trump. On Monday, in a memo, Attorney General William Barr directed 93 federal prosecutors to, quote, be on the lookout for public health measures that may be infringing on on protected religious speech and economic rights. On Monday, the New York Times reported Barr's memo served as a signal to conservative leaders, donors, and organizations that the DOJ will be their ally in court cases against state and local restrictions. DOJ officials have spoken on conference calls with leaders of conservative groups who have flagged cases for review. So far, the DOJ has formally weighed in on just one case by a Baptist church in Greenville, Mississippi. Both Trump and Barr have spoken with Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council to reassure reassure him that the DOJ will watch for unfairly penalizing religious groups. Perkins pushed for governors to partner with churches. Churches and advocacy groups have filed lawsuits in Kansas, New Mexico, Texas, Mississippi, and California. Republicans have also filed lawsuits against the governors of Michigan and Texas. On Monday, the Washington Post reported U.S. intelligence agencies repeatedly warned Trump about the coronavirus in more than a dozen classified president's daily briefs in both January and February, also known as PDBs. The PDBs warned that the virus was spreading around the globe and that China was suppressing information about the contagion and death toll and raised alarms about the political and economic consequences. It is believed that Trump does not read his PB, PBDs PDBs, excuse me, presidential daily briefs, but he does get an oral summary two or three times a week. Pathetic. One official said by mid to late January, the coronavirus was being mentioned more frequently. On Monday, and this was heartbreaking, Lorna Breen, chair of the emergency medicine department at New York Presbyterian Allen Hospital, died by suicide after treating patients with coronavirus and contracting the virus herself. Dr. Breen had no history of mental illness. Her father said she had described coronavirus patients flooding her hospital and some dying before they could even be removed from the ambulances. And this is something that started to get some attention this week, what the fallout will be on a mental health basis For everyone, Uh, Cuomo was talking about it this week in his press briefing about how 75% of people in New York aren't sleeping, 50% are extremely stressed and about issues with domestic violence and other issues that are uh, domestic violence having spiked in New York. Uh, But we're also starting to talk about the impact on the mental health of our first responders, our nurses and our doctors and a, a suicide that got a lot of attention this week. On Monday, the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation Model used by the White House raised its projected death estimate to 74,000 by August 4th, up from 67,000 a week ago and 60,000 predicted two weeks ago. Later Monday, Trump held a meeting with retail business leaders to discuss how sectors could reopen. The leaders then joined him in the Rose Garden for a daily briefing, where one by one they spoke. After analysis by the Washington Post and the New York Times that we covered, citing his lack of empathy or mention of any empathy, Trump started the briefing saying, quote, We also stand in solidarity with the thousands of Americans who are ill and waging a brave fight against the virus. Trump raised his projection on deaths, saying, quote, We've lost a lot of people, adding, quote, But if you look and the original projections were 2.2 million. We're probably heading to 60,000 to 70,000 from 50 to 60,000. So that's his new estimate. Trump also claimed most of the federal government's responsibility for testing is done, saying, quote, we're deploying the full power and strength of the federal government to help states, cities and local governments. That, of course, is not true. Trump oddly added, and this was really weird, uh, quote, there has been so much unnecessary death in this country. It should have been stopped and it could have been stopped short, but somebody a long time ago, it seems decided not to do it that way. It almost seemed like, uh, some sort of, uh, I don't know, telling the truth (laughs) about himself. Confession is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. After retweeting a claim about the mortality rate being inflated, Trump reversed and said we're reporting very accurately. He also said he, quote, never even thought of changing the date of the election and looked forward to it. Asked about a spike in people using disinfectants improperly, Trump said, quote, I can't imagine why, adding he takes no responsibility. Asked about parents being sent back to work, how they would handle childcare, with school's If schools did reopen, Trump said, quote, I think the schools, if they went back to work, which with schools closed, Trump said, I think the schools are going to open soon. I think a lot of governors have already talked about their schools being open. That, of course, is false. Asked about China, Trump said the U.S. will seek hundreds of billions in damages from the Chinese government for the coronavirus, saying, quote, we haven't yet determined the final amount. It's very substantial. On Monday, the Daily Beast reported Fox News cut ties with Trump advisors and social media personalities Diamond and Silk, saying the two were promoting conspiracy theories and disinformation about the coronavirus, as opposed to Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, who continue to do that, but I guess they get better ratings, so that's a different story. On Monday, a lawyer for Fox News host, Sean Hannity, demanded a retraction, and apology from the New York Times over a column we talked about last week profiling the death of Joe Joyce, a bar owner. If you'll remember, his children said that he watched Fox News and felt comfortable going on a cruise and Sean Hannity calling it a hoax. Uh, Sean Hannity's letter also complained about an opinion piece by Kara Switcher. Hannity's lawyer, Charles Harder, called these stories, quote, false and defamatory and, quote, extremely damaging in a 12-page letter and threatened to sue the New York Times. The letter goes on to cover the serious ways Hannity had covered the pandemic. On Tuesday, the Times responded to Hannity's demand for a retraction and an apology, saying, quote, the columns are accurate, And quote, in response to your request for an apology and a retraction, our answer is no. On Wednesday, the Daily Beast reported Trump encouraged Kennedy to go after the New York Times. The two chatted in one of their late-night calls about making an example of the Times and told him to explore legal action. On Tuesday, the number of coronavirus deaths exceeded 58,220 Americans lost in the Vietnam War. So the week before we had passed the Korean War, This year, we passed this week we passed the Vietnam War. Uh, More than 2,000 Americans were lost in a day. Roughly 30% of the deaths are in New York State. And just notably, we were on pace still as we started this week of losing roughly uh, 10,000 Americans every four to five days. These deaths, the number of deaths being as high as a Vietnam War, were in a period of six weeks. On Tuesday, Emerson polling found Trump's April approval fell to 41% approved, 50% disapproved, down from March, where 46% approved and 45% disapproved. On his handling of the coronavirus, Trump's approval dropped 10 points from 39% uh, to 39% from 49% in March. On Tuesday, the head of Germany's Robert Koch Institute of Infectious Disease told Germans to stay home again after the coronavirus reproduction rate or infection rate, dubbed R, rose to 1.0, up from 0.7% at reopening. On Tuesday, NBC News reported a pug in North Carolina became the first known dog in the U.S. to test positive. The mother, father, and son in the family attested positive, while a daughter and other dog did not. On Tuesday, JetBlue became the first U.S. airline to require passengers to wear face coverings, effective May 4th. The airline had previously only required crew members to do so. On Tuesday, governors and lawmakers continued to press for federal government leadership and better testing to allow them to reopen. Public health officials also said levels, testing levels fell, fell far short. On Tuesday, however, Trump tweeted, quote, We are doing far more and better testing than any country in the world. And yet the media does not, all the media does is complain. This is false. And it's a false claim that Trump keeps repeating. The U.S. has tested 17,855 per million. Examples of other countries, even Russia has tested more. They've tested over 21,000 per million. Germany at close to 25,000 per million. Italy, 30,000. Spain, 29,000. The UAE at 106,000. Trump also encouraged states to reopen on Tuesday, tweeting, quote, many states moving to safely and quickly, in capital letters, reopen. Trump tweeted, quote, Texas to reopen business in phases beginning Friday. Great job being done by Greg Abbott. On Tuesday, Assistant Secretary for Health and Human Services, Brett Giguar, the top U.S. testing official, told Time in an interview that there's, quote, no way on earth the U.S. can test 5 million people a day for the coronavirus. Hours later, Trump told reporters on testing 5 million a day that we're going to be there very soon. The country is currently averaging about 150,000 tests per day. Giguar said 8 million per month by May was a reasonable estimate. Trump again falsely claimed, quote, we are the best in the world on testing. We've tested much more than anybody else, two times or times two, or even countries combined. We've tested more than every other country combined. Again, that's false. On Tuesday, Trump invoked the Defense Production Act, declaring meat processing plants critical infrastructure, citing recent closures, quote, threatened the continued functioning of the national meat and poultry supply chain. Trump's executive order noted that some of the plant closures, quote, may be inconsistent with safety guidelines issued by the CDC and OSHA, noting unnecessary plant closures have a big impact on the meat supply chain. Trump also claimed invoking the Defense Production Act would, quote, solve any liability problems meatpacking companies might have, but legal ramifications were unclear. The order overrules state or local directives. The president of the AFL-CIO tweeted, quote, using executive power to force people back to on the job without proper protection is wrong and dangerous. Echoing calls by the Food Workers Union to put safety first. On Tuesday, visiting, and this is this week's picture, just because it's hard to make this stuff up. Uh scary authoritarian behavior. Here we go. On Tuesday, visiting the Blood and Plasma Donation Center inside the Mayo Clinic. Vice President Mike Pence did not wear a face mask, despite everyone else in the hospital, and that's the picture this week, being required to wear one since April 13th. The Mayo Clinic tweeted, then deleted, quote, Mayo Clinic had informed VP of the masking policy prior to his arrival today. Dr. Stephen Hahn, head of the FDA who visited with Pence, also wore a mask. Again, this is like... Trump's thing, remember when it first became a guideline to wear a mask and Trump said, I probably won't wear one as if this is somehow some machismo thing or the virus isn't that bad. So here's Pence going into a hospital and putting others at risk and being a really bad role model uh, as well. When asked about not wearing a mask when everyone else on the tour did, Pence told reporters as VP, quote, I'm tested for the coronavirus on a regular basis and everyone who is around me is tested. Pence added he wanted to be able to speak to researchers and healthcare personnel, quote, and look them in the eye and say thank you. It was unclear how a face mask would stop him from looking them in the eye. On Tuesday, House Majority Leader Senny Hoyer told reporters the House will not return next week as scheduled, under recommendation by the House physician citing the rising number of cases in metropolitan Washington. Pelosi told reporters, quote, we had no choice, if the capital physician recommends that we do not come back, we have to take their guidance. D.C. Mayor Muriel Brousser said in a press conference, the city has not met the 14 days of decline to reopen. Pelosi also mocked Trump's tweet saying, quote, He makes a big fuss over my having ice cream in my, freeze, ice cream in my freezer. I have ice cream in my freezer. I guess that's better than having Lysol in someone's lungs, as he's suggested. On Tuesday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said the Senate, however, would return next week, despite complaints from older senators about health risks and focus on confirming judges rather than the pandemic. Later Tuesday, Trump laid out some conditions he wanted to place on aid, echoing McConnell. Trump told reporters, quote, the problem with the states is we're not looking to recover 25 years of bad management. Trump added that it was possible to, quote, talk about states, money for states, if it was COVID related, but he would want to see certain conditions met. It sounds like a quid pro quo, including sanctuary city adjustments in order to get federal aid. On Tuesday, a new Ipsos poll found that 30% of Americans have witnessed someone blaming Asians, Asian people for the pandemic. 60% of Asians said they had witnessed this behavior. The poll found 44% said specific people or organizations were responsible and two-thirds mentioned China. Advocacy groups said they have seen a pickup in physical assaults, refusal of service, and vandalism. On Wednesday, the U.S. first quarter gross domestic product known as GDP fell 4.8%, giving the first glance at the impact of the coronavirus. Again, this is first quarter, so that's January 1 till the end of March. We've only shut down the economy during March, only parts of it during March. Uh, and so during that time, we see a 4.8% decline in the first quarter. Economists had expected a decline of 3.5%. Consumer spending fell 7.6%. The first four, quarter again included only two weeks of the coronavirus shutdown. The reading was the first decline since the first quarter of 2014, which was smaller, negative 1.1%, and the largest fall since the 8.4% plunge in the fourth quarter of 2008. On Wednesday, and this was a rather remarkable, for lack of better word, interview, uh, Jared Kushner told Fox and Friends that, quote, I think you'll see by June that a lot of the country should be back to normal. And the hope is that by July, the country's really rocking again. Jared called the regime's response a, quote, a, quote, great success story as a death toll neared 60,000, claiming, quote, we're on the other side of the medical aspect of this and, quote, we've achieved all the different milestones that are needed. Jared also falsely claimed, quote, I'm very confident that we have all the testing we need to start reopening the country and, in, quote, I always find that we see leading indicators and often the media sees lagging indicators. Jared also said Trump is looking at options to punish China saying, quote, he has asked the team to look into it very carefully what happened and, quote, he will take whatever actions are necessary to hold people accountable. On Wednesday, the Wall Street Journal reported the federal government ordered 100,000 more body bags preparing for the worst case scenario. The order was placed on April 21st, which is two weeks ago, by FEMA. On Wednesday, Trump tweeted, quote, The only reason the U.S. has reported one million cases of coronavirus is our testing is so much better. This is misleading. We have more cases for failing to test early, which is why we're doing more tests. On Wednesday, Fauci told CNN a second wave of coronavirus is, quote, inevitable. And if we do not start to put countermeasures in place now, quote, we could be in for a bad fall and a bad winter. Fauci added, if states lift restrictions too soon, the country could see a rebound that would, quote, get us right back in the same boat that we were a few weeks ago. And the country could see many more deaths than predicted. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported, based on CDC data of typical deaths for the five weeks ended March 8th through April 11th, Versus this year in seven states alone, the coronavirus death toll is roughly 9,000 higher than reported in just those eight states, excuse me, seven states. The Times compared deaths over previous five years to provisional death counts. There was also an impact of an overloaded system where people are not seeking care, balanced by fewer car accidents and other factors. So again, that's the third report or study that we've seen this week to suggest that deaths are undercounted. And basically, all they're doing is looking at, in the past five years, how many have died? How many have died this year in New York City or other states? And why are there all these extra deaths? And what are they attributed to? And how many of those are being assigned to the coronavirus? On Wednesday, the CX City Journal reported the widow of a worker at Tyson's plant there who died of COVID-19 said the company did not act quickly enough She and her daughter also tested positive and were hospitalized. On Wednesday, the Tampa Bay Times reported Florida medical examiners have stopped releasing coronavirus death data, which at times has been 10% higher than the reported count given out by the Florida Department of Health. On Wednesday, TMZ reported the White House gift shop is selling coronavirus commemorative coins with the names of Trump and Pence, featuring the president's. Presidential podium on one side and the virus on the other. I'm sure those are going to be a big hit. On Wednesday, and the story didn't get much attention because everyone's focused on what's going on with the coronavirus, but sticking everything on this list so we'll know how to find our way back. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported a memo by a former economist at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. That's Elizabeth Warren's agency that she founded. So Trump appointed Director Kathleen Craniger manipulated the agency's payday lending research. In his last day of work last summer, Jonathan Lenning detailed manipulation of data to roll back payday regulation from the Obama era, which would have had a sharply curtailed high interest payday loans. And that data again was was manipulated in order to not have those uh, those protections put in place. On Wednesday, a PBS NewsHour and NPR Marist poll on handling of the crisis found 32% Trump said Trump is doing a better job, 64% said their governor is doing a better job. The poll found despite economic hardship, most Americans are not ready to reopen. Asked if students should return, only 14% said students should go back to school. 85% said it was a bad idea. For returning to work, 32% said it's a good idea, 65% bad idea. Sporting events, 8% thought it was a good idea. Restaurants and bars, 19%. So it shows you the American public is not ready for this reopening idea. On Wednesday, a school board in Alaska, just another one of these stories that needs reporting in the era of Trump, voted 5-2 to remove controversial books from the school curriculum, such as I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, Catch-22 by Joseph Heller, The Things They Carried by Tom, Tim O'Brien, and The Great Gatsby. The local bookstore, however, sold out. On Wednesday, the U.S. passed 60,000 deaths, Trump prior upped, try, Trump's prior upper limit. Trump told reporters on Wednesday at an industry roundtable, if not for what we did, you would have a million people die, maybe two million. Trump added, quote, and if you think that we'd be at 65 or 70 or 60 or whatever the final level would be, we've done it right. Trump cited promising early signs of an experimental drug, Remdesivir, that's by Gilead. Fauci agreed that the drug has clear-cut significant positive effects on diminishing the time to recover. Uh, The NIH is overseeing the study. Trump sought to portray the crisis as over saying, quote, we think we really have crossed a big boundary and much better days are ahead. Adding, quote, I often say I see the light at the end of the tunnel very strongly. So, again, that's part of this rhetoric we discussed at the top of the broadcast with Trump and Jared trying to say this is behind us. We've a great success story reopening. But American people, again, the polling do not want to go back to work. People are dying. There's new cases. So there's this dichotomy of the facts versus the narrative. Trump also said on Wednesday he would not extend social distancing guidelines set to expire on April 30th, which is Thursday, saying, quote, they'll be fading out because now the governors are doing it. Trump also contradicted his own statement on testing the day before and lied, saying, quote, somebody came out with a study of five million people. Do I think we will? I think we will. But I never said that. He did say that the day before Trump added, quote, somebody started throwing around 5 million. I didn't say 5 million adding, quote, well, we will be there, but I didn't say it. I didn't say it. The White House data showed that the U.S. has tested 5.1 million people in total, not per day. Slight difference. Trump did not comment directly on the GDP numbers, but said, quote, I think next year is going to be an incredible year for our country and in quote, I think the fourth quarter is going to be really, really good. Rebutting the polling data showing Americans were wary of reopening, Trump said, quote, I think there's a tremendous pent up demand. And quote, I think we want to go back to where it was when I look at a baseball game. Trump added he did not want social distancing, saying, quote, I don't want to see four seats in between every person so the stadium becomes 25 percent of its original size Number one, I want to see the NFL with a packed house. Asked why he thought the virus would disappear without a vaccine. Trump said, quote, it's going to go. It's going to leave. It's going to be gone. Adding, without evidence, it's going to be eradicated. Trump threatened sanctuary cities again with withholding coronavirus funding, saying, quote, I don't think you should have sanctuary cities if they can get that kind of aid. Adding, quote, you're talking about it. Billions of dollars. Asked if he would prevent aid from going to sanctuary cities, Trump said, quote, we shouldn't have to pay anything anyway, because all they do is make it very hard for law enforcement. Again, this quid pro quo idea was trending then on Twitter. On Wednesday, CNN reported Trump erupted on a call last Friday night with his campaign manager, Brad Parskell over a slide in polling and criticism he faced for his disinfectant comments. Days prior, Parscale and top aides briefed him on internal polling and RNC data showed him behind in key battleground states. RNC chair Ronna McDaniels and others urged him to scale back daily briefings. Trump did not accept it was his briefing hurting him in the polls, insisting it was restricted travel. The next day came the disinfectant comment. Aides were not sure if the scaled back briefings this week will stick. The New York Times reported on the call, Trump blamed others for his slide in polls. He insisted he would not lose to Biden and the data was wrong. He also threatened to sue Parscale, who responded, I love you too. Parscale flew up to meet with Trump on Tuesday this week after not seeing him for a month to show him new polling data that showed Trump had climbed. Show the dictator what's good news. With states starting to reopen, Trump was starting to feel more confident. Trump is now more anxious about losing and being believed without evidence that he could control the Democratic primary and did not want to hit Biden too hard for fear of knocking him out altogether. Trump next ads Parscale had showed him linking Biden to China in part because they showed Biden when he was younger. Trump told reporters Wednesday he is ready to hold campaign rallies soon in Arizona and Ohio. That, again, is why Trump believes he's down in the polls, because he hasn't been able to hold campaign rallies. On Wednesday, Trump dismissed polls in an interview with Reuters that showed him trailing Biden, saying, quote, I don't believe the polls. I believe the people of this country are smart. I don't think they will put in a man who's incompetent. Trump also told Reuters the election is not a referendum on the pandemic, saying, quote, I think it's going to be a referendum of all the great things we've done, and certainly this will be part of it. We've done a great job. On Wednesday, newly unsealed documents turned over to the DOJ show FBI officials debated whether and when to tell Michael Flynn he could face criminal charges for a January 24, 2017 interview. Officials contemplated in advance that Flynn would lie with one unidentified official musing the purpose was to induce him to lie before concluding they should, quote, protect our institution by not playing games. One note said, quote, What's our goal? Truth, admission, or get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired? Question? Believed to be written by the FBI's then counter direct, Director of Counterintelligence after a meeting with Andrew McCabe. The documents were turned over to Flynn's attorney, on April 24th, made public on Thursday after Barr ordered a review in January of how Flynn's case was handled by special counsel Robert Mueller. Shortly after, Donald Jr. tweeted, quote, not only should General Flynn's charges be dropped immediately, but the treasonous actors who set him up should go to jail. Flynn's brother Joseph tweeted, thugs. Trump tweeted, quote, CNN doesn't want to speak about their persecution of Flynn." quote, why they got the story so wrong, adding, quote, they also with others should pay a big price for what they have done purposefully. Just after midnight that night, Trump also attacked MSNBC host Brian Williams, tweeting, quote, lying Brian Williams of MSDNC, a Comcast scam company, wouldn't know the truth if it was nailed to his wooded forehead, wooden forehead. Trump also tweeted, quote, totally made up story. He's a true dummy. Was a throwback of the network news, like a dog. Stay tuned. Trump also tweeted, "I must admit that lying Brian Williams is, while dumber than hell, quite smarter than fake news CNN anchorman Don Lemon, the dumbest man on television. Lemon, of course, is a black man." Trump also tweeted after midnight, "Quote: Then you have Psycho Joe. Whatever happened to your girlfriend Scarborough? Another low IQ individual." On Thursday, the Labor Department reported 3.8 million Americans filed for unemployment higher than the 3.5 million forecast, bringing the total to 30.3 million, or 18.6% of the labor force, in the past six weeks. Some economists suggested the number could be closer to 34 million unemployed, as data showed as many as 12 million Americans were eligible to file for unemployment but either unable to because their state system was overwhelmed, or they gave up on trying. On Thursday, the White House defended Kushner's great success story comment, even after the death toll had surpassed 60,000, with the White House Press Secretary McEnany saying, quote, I think Jared has been taken entirely out of context. She also claimed that Kushner, who was referring to the mobilization of industry, saying, quote, not a single American died in this country for lack of a ventilator, adding, I would call that response a success. It's unclear if this statement is true, but it's one they keep repeating. On Thursday, Trump tweeted, quote, we can't let the fake news and their partner, the radical left do nothing Democrats get away with stealing the election. They tried that in 2016. How did that work? A Thursday, Gallup polling found approval on Trump's handling of the coronavirus fell 10 points. However, his approval, his personal approval rebounded to forty nine percent approve. On Thursday, Trump continued a flurry of tweets and retweets about the Flint case that started Wednesday night and continued after midnight and mirrored coverage on the case on Fox News and Fox Business Network. In other words, he's tweeting and watching Fox News and Fox Business. Trump tweeted in capital letters, dirty cop James Comey got caught and tweeted, quote, what happened to General Michael Flynn, a war hero, should never happen to another citizen in the United States again. Shortly after, he told reporters during a meeting with the New Jersey governor that Flynn had been tormented by dirty cops at the FBI, adding, quote, they were trying to force him to lie. And again, he's meeting with the New Jersey governor, which is a state outside of New York that has had the second most deaths and cases. On Thursday, the U.S. intelligence community said in a statement that it, quote, concurs with the wide scientific consensus that the COVID-19 virus was not man-made or genetically modified. Later Thursday, Trump said he had seen evidence leaking COVID-19 to a lab in Wuhan. Asked by a reporter if he had seen proof, he said, quote, Yes, I have. And when pressed, said, quote, I can't tell you. I am not allowed to tell you that. Trump also said, quote, There's a lot of theories, adding, quote, but we have people looking at it very strongly, scientific people, intelligence people, and others. On Thursday, the New York Times reported senior Trump regime officials are pushing intelligence to hunt for evidence to push the unsubstantiating theory that a government laboratory in Wuhan was the origin of the outbreak. The effort comes as Trump seeks to escalate a public campaign to blame China. Trump aides and GOP lawmakers have tried to blame China in order to deflect from the regime's mismanagement of the U.S. response. Intelligence officials were concerned that pressure from Trump's re- the Trump regime will distort assessments and could be used as a political weapon and could harm the U.S. relationship with China for years to come. On Thursday, The Washington Post reported that the Trump regime is looking for ways to punish or demand financial compensation from China for his handling of the pandemic to shift blame away from Trump. Senior officials from multiple agencies met on Thursday to start mapping out a strategy. Trump is said to be fuming and blaming China for withholding information, despite his own public statements of support of China, privately Trump and aides, have discussed stripping China of its sovereign immunity, aiming to enable U.S. governments or its victims to sue China for damages, a move unlikely to succeed but likely to lead to retaliation. On Thursday, this was just a bizarre case, just to keep on the list of everything happening. The Washington Post reported, the Justice Department is scrutinizing the records of Vladimir Zev Zelenko, a New York doctor with connections to the White House, who tidied hydrocloxyquin on Fox News. Zelenko consulted frequently with close allies of Trump, including Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and other officials and Rudy Giuliani. Conservative commentator Jerome Corsi lists him on his website as a medical advisor. The examination began after Corsi accidentally sent an email intended for Zelenko to federal prosecutor Aaron Zelensky, who was formerly a member of the Mueller team. Zelensky now serves in the Maryland U.S. Attorney's Office and is tasked with investigating coronavirus-related crimes, including peddling fake cures. Zelensky requested all of Corsi's email communication with Zelenko, So keep an eye on that story. On Thursday, the Washington Post reported Trump Hotel D.C. charged the Secret Service $33,000 for lodging to guard Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin for 137 consecutive nights in 2017. And some of these stories, I just have to say, again, the purpose of the list is a first draft of history. Uh, I have to list all of these things that are happening, even though Americans are dying, and that seems so much more important than everything else and what's happening with the coronavirus. But all of these items are important to trace our way back to normal. And I will note, if you look at the list, even before Trump started publicly acknowledging how bad the coronavirus is, it was in the weekly lists. So things that don't seem that important now, that we're just kind of talking about, can sometimes turn out to be the one story that breaks something wide open. It's always how it goes. On Thursday, hundreds of protesters in Michigan, many carrying guns and few wearing masks, or distancing, uh, stormed the state capitol as lawmakers convened to vote on extending the state of emergency. The protest dubbed, quote, American Patriot Rally was organized by Michigan United for Liberty. Protesters yelled, quote, let us in, and were blocked by Michigan State Police and House Sergeants of Arms. Republican lawmakers gave impassioned speech on the House floor after reopening. Later Thursday, Governor Gretchen Whitmore issued an executive order extending the state home orders through May 28th. So, uh, this, you know, we've already done a picture of the protest, so we didn't do a picture this week, but it was absolutely frightening men with semi automatic guns breaking into the state capitol uh, to protest. It, it was just amazing. And as many people noted, if they were not white and they broke into the state Capitol with guns, uh, they would not be out there protesting. They would be in prison somewhere or shot dead. Later in a virtual town hall, Whitmer said, quote, we we remain in a state of emergency. That is fact, noting over 600 people have died in the last 72 hours. Nearly 3,800 had died in Michigan with more than 41,000 cases. On Friday, Trump interjected himself. Of course, he did, tweeting, "Quote the governor of Michigan should give a little," calling the protesters, "Quote very good people," and saying they are angry. They want their lives back safely. On Friday, Whitmer said of the protesters, "Quote swastikas and Confederate flags, nooses and automatic rifles do not represent who we are." Similarly, at the at the reopen Illinois rally, a woman held a sign that read. Abish Mach Free, which is work makes free, which was at the Auschwitz concentration camp. On Thursday, the Wall Street Journal reported Crew is preparing to file for bankruptcy, the second major retailer to do so since the pandemic. On Thursday, second lady Karen Pence defended her husband on Fox News, excuse me, on Fox and Friends, claiming, quote, it was actually after he left the Mayo Clinic that he found out that they had a policy of asking everyone to wear a mask. On Thursday, the Washington Post reported Pence's staff threatened retaliation against Steve Herman, a reporter who tweeted that Pence's office told journalists they would need masks for the visit to the Mayo Clinic. Herman, who works for Voice of America, tweeted after Karen Pence's appearance, quote, all of us who traveled with him were notified by the office of the vice president the day before the trip that wearing a mask was required. Pence's staff told Herman he violated the -the off-the-record agreement in the planning memo. And he was notified, and it was notified the White House Correspondents Association that he was banned from traveling on Air Force Two, pending an apology. So again, Pence does his visit. He doesn't wear a mask. He's the only one in the hospital that doesn't. Then his wife goes on the next day, two days later, and lies on Fox and Friends, saying he didn't know in advance a reporter comes on and said, "Oh yeah, the VP's office told us all we needed a mask and then they threatened to take away his ability to cover the vice president and not be on Air Force 2." That folks is called authoritarianism. On Friday, federal appeals court ruled it will not halt an order requiring the DOJ to turn over unredacted Mueller documents. So stay tuned again, that's one of these stories we stick in there. The unredacted Mueller report is coming. the regime until May 11th to seek a stay from the Supreme Court. On Friday, White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow told CNBC that China will be held accountable, but denied reporting that the regime was considering refusing to pay government debt held by China in retaliation. On Friday, in a podcast interview, Trump discussed sexual assault allegations against Joe Biden, Trump, who has been accused by dozens of women of sexual assault and harassment, said he was, quote, sticking up for Biden. Trump said, quote, I watch Tara and she seems very credible. The mother was so credible. The mother was great. So I don't know. You know, it's his problem. But I like to get in front of it and just deny it if it's not true. Trump added of Brett Kavanaugh, there has never been a case so vicious as that and said, quote, I look forward to the day someday when they have when they sued these women because every one of them was lying. They were lying. On Friday, White House Press Secretary Kaylee McKinney held her first daily press briefing. It was the first daily press briefing held by the White House since March 11, 2019, over a year asked by a reporter on telling the truth. She said, quote, I will never lie to you. You have my word on that. 15 minutes in, she lied. Speaking of Flynn, she said, quote, we had a handwritten note that says, quote, we need to get Flynn to lie, quote, and get him fired. Neither the phrase get him to lie or get him fired is true. The note did say, what's our goal, truth admission, or to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. The question is posed as a way to confront Flynn, not get him fired. McKinney also lied about the Mueller report, saying it amounted to, quote, complete and total exoneration. She repeated a false claim that, quote, not a single American has died for lack of ventilator. Again, we do not know if that's true. Asked about allegations against Joe Biden, she said allegations against Trump were, quote, asked and answered in the form of the vote of the American people four years ago, Trump has been accused of rape a few months, up until a few months ago, by New women. On Friday, speaking to reporters, Trump moved his goalposts again on the number of deaths from the coronavirus, saying, quote, hopefully we'll be coming in below 100,000 lives lost, which is a horrible number nevertheless. On Friday, CNN reported, according to the CDC, more than 4,900 workers in meat and poultry processing plants had tested positive for the coronavirus and at least 20 had died. On Friday, the Sioux City Journal reported 669 workers at a Tyson Foods plant in Dakota City, Nebraska, tested positive. Tyson started screening workers with the help of the Nebraska National Guard just this week. The positives represent 15% of the plant's workforce and 40% of the cases in Dakota County and nearby Woodbury County, where most of the workers live. Testing showed the virus had spread to people beyond plant workers. On Friday, New York Magazine reported polling shows all 50 governors handling of the coronavirus is rated higher than Trump in his or her state. On Friday, a gathering of nearly 3,000 in Huntington Beach protested California Governor Gavin Newsom's stay-at-home order and beach closures. Most protesters stood closer than six feet apart. Later Friday, hundreds of protesters demanded the state reopen at a rally in Sacramento defying California's shelter-in-place order. The confrontation with law enforcement led to 32 protesters being arrested. On Friday, CNN reported 31 states have or will reopen in the coming days in a patchwork approach, with each state taking a different approach. None has met the two-week guidelines for declines that is required by federal, or, or suggested by federal guidelines. On Friday, Fauci warned if states reopen too soon, the country could see a rebound of the virus that would, quote, get us back in the same boat we we're in a few weeks ago and make it inevitable for a second wave. On Friday, the AJC reported one week after Georgia's started reopening, the state saw 1,200 new cases, bringing the total to 27,496 and 34 more deaths. Texas also saw a spike of 1,142 new cases, bringing its total to 26,000. On Friday, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves said he was reconsidering scheduled reopening for his state on Monday as 397 new cases were reported and 20 died, the largest spike the state has seen. But again, you see all these states and the patchwork in this haphazard, no federal guidance, no federal leadership, no federal anything on testing or anything. It's everyone's on their own. It's unbelievable. And Trump is busy tweeting and holding these, I don't know, meetings of what who knows what he's doing. On Friday, a spokesperson for the House Appropriations Committee said the White House blocked Fauci from testifying as a witness at Wednesday's Labor HHS Education Subcommittee hearing on COVID-19. On Friday, Trump tweeted, quote, don't allow rigged elections, quoting a study by a conservative legal group, which significantly miscalculated data in a report on mail-in voting. On Friday, the New York Times reported on Friday evening, Trump moved to replace Christy Grimm, the principal deputy inspector general at HHS, who angered Trump by releasing a report on critical medical shortages. So this is the kind of thing now that doesn't even get noticed. He's firing somebody, an inspector general person at the HHS, because she released, remember we talked about this report, on critical medical shortages. Grimm's report highlighted supply shortages and testing delays at hospitals during the coronavirus pandemic. After business hours, Trump nominated a new inspector general for the department. Trump had assailed Graham three weeks ago at his daily briefing when asked about the report. She is the latest in a growing list of Trump, removing career officials or his own nominees deemed not loyal enough. On Saturday, Trump tweeted, quote, there's tremendous coronavirus testing capacity in Washington for the senators returning to Capitol Hill. Adding, quote, the House, which should be returning, but isn't because of crazy Nancy P. As a week came to the close, there were 3.4 million worldwide cases, of which the U.S. made up 1.1 million, or 33%. 240,000 were dead, of which the U.S. made up over 65,000, or 27.1%. Both numbers were a new high. The mortality rate was approaching 5.9%, also a new high. Stay safe, everyone. Stay in shelter. Do not go out except for what you need to do. And we'll be keeping you informed.